0: It's Michelle. Welcome to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast, a podcast where we talk about show business, old friends, and new adventures. I have 12 episodes up. The first two were me talking, introducing myself to the audience, and then I started having some guests on. I'm so thankful to all of the guests that have appeared so far I really value their input, their stories, their lessons that they learned and they're passing on. That's the reason I created this podcast, so that we can share information, we can talk about what has worked for us, our challenges, just talk about parts of show business that if you're an audience member of a show, you don't really see the backstage stuff, which in my opinion, that's my favorite stuff, all the backstage stuff, the fun As I'm recording this episode, I just finished a virtual production of Grand Night for Singing. And I work with the legendary Doug Coates. Doug Coates is a music director. He's a director. He did many Broadway shows and national tours. And hopefully he'll be able to come on as a guest in the near future. So we're going to do a new segment on the podcast called Listener Questions. This is a question from Morgan Thank you for writing into the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast. Here's the question. When you were a swing, how did you approach learning all of your tracks? What was the process like? How did you keep everything straight in a rehearsal process that's not necessarily helpful towards the understudies slash swings? So just to clarify what a swing is, a swing is a person hired by the production team and they are not in the show necessarily. They're usually off stage and their job is to cover one or more Tracks And a track is somebody's role. So in a show like a chorus line, you have the people that are on the line, the characters, and then you have people in the beginning of the show called cut dancers. So at the audition, there's more people that dance the opening number, and then those people get eliminated from the audition and they leave the stage. But those people are responsible for covering several tracks. In a show like Chorus Line, it has already been documented. So that documentation is in a big book. And in Chorus Line, they call it the Bible. So we have a number line on the downstage edge of the stage. Sometimes you can see it if you're sitting in the balcony, zero is center and then on either side of the stage are the numbers two, four, six, eight, et cetera, et cetera. You know where you are at all points on stage just by looking at the numbers and you can write them down and then you know where you are in certain formations. It's very helpful. Course Line already has that all mapped out because it ran on Broadway for so many years. It had so many national tours. And when you see the original version, it is the same tracks, the same numbers, the same everything. However, I did a national tour of Chicago the Musical. Now, Chicago the Musical was an interesting incarnation because They did the Encores production, and then they put that on Broadway, and the show was never quote-unquote frozen. So when a show opens, usually they say, okay, we're going to freeze the show, meaning no more changes get made, and the show will run for years exactly the same marks the same lighting cues, all of that. But in Chicago, the musical, it kept evolving. And there were many companies out on the road at the same time. And there were many international productions. They all were slightly different. So the Chicago that you see in New York City was different than the one I performed on the road. Not entirely different. The libretto was the same. The score was the same. But some of the dance choreography was different. So that was the challenge. We also, when I was on the road with the tour, we had the director come out every six months and then the choreographer would come out every six months and they would both make changes constantly. I would just keep a notebook and I would just record all of the changes. Sometimes heads would turn downstage on a certain count, that count would change. So as a swing, what you have to do is just stay on top of what you're doing and that is difficult because you're not on stage every single night unless you are replacing somebody who's on a medical leave or uh, in case a lot of people call out of their performances we have what's called understudy rehearsal once a week when you are a swing or an understudy. And usually the stage manager runs that. And then you just run the show, you work through any kind of um, fight choreography or lifts that you have to do. It's a big challenge. And swings are um, often not treated the best. I have to say, like I've had both experiences. I've been treated very well. And then I've also not been treated so nicely. But what you have to do is just do your job you're there to do your job and you do it to the best of your ability. And hopefully you have the onstage cast is patient and kind with you and willing to run things for you so that you can do them to the best of your ability. So that's the answer to my question. Um, I write things down. I have to write things down. I cannot keep things all in my head. I make little picture charts. I have uh, an upcoming guest who when he choreographs and directs he uses Lego figures to block and then he photographs that so i think that's a really good idea too i tried that once um legos were expensive i'm so cheap so i bought clothes pins and painted faces on the clothes pins and i did that once and that was like a poor poor showgirls way of having the legos but anyway i appreciate your question and thank you for asking it Okay. I have one more listener question for today's episode. This is a question from Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, for writing in. And Jeff's question is, how do you know what a good headshot photographer is? Okay, so for those of you who are not in show business, a headshot is a picture that we use as actors, as performers to audition with. It's like a business card, but it's a picture of our face. And sometimes trends go like uh, in the 90s, there was something called a three-quarter shot where like you had a picture of your body from the waist up pretty much. But headshots are a thing now because everything is digital. So when you have your actor's access profile online, they see a picture of your face, and it should be a nice close-up of your face. So the answer to this question is just like performers, photographers are unique, they are talented, there's so many of them. It is my opinion that you should spend the most amount of, not the most amount of money, But you should spend what you can afford. So if you're just starting out, get headshots that you can afford, but go for the best headshots that you can afford. When you're starting out, I don't think you should spend a ton of money. Just because you change so much in the first few years of your career, you're learning, you're growing, you're changing. And then once you've been in the business a while, you might hit a stride where you have your look down. You know what haircut looks the best on you. You know your style. Then you can spread your headshot appointments out a little bit. But if you make any changes to your hair color or your style in general, then you need to update your look. If you, um, if your body changes at all, then, and You need to get fresh headshots. You want your headshot to look like you when someone meets you. You don't want it to be so glammed up and airbrushed and the makeup is so heavy that nobody recognizes you when you come into the room. There are so many great ones. I know several in New York. Um... I am actually going to ask a couple of photographers to come on the podcast and talk about that. You want to make sure your style in the headshot represents your casting. That's a big thing. Some people don't know their casting, and so their headshots are just very vague. You want your headshots to read so that someone knows where they can use you in the industry. I hope that helps. I wanted to share with you my favorite podcasts. I love listening to podcasts as I drive, and that is why I started one, because I thought, you know what? A lot of us have commutes. A lot of us drive places. So maybe people could listen to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast while they're driving. But here are some of my favorites. My first one is called A Beautiful Mess sisters emma and elsie who have a blog where over a million people subscribe to the blog it's called a beautiful mess it's a lifestyle blog they have been doing this for over 10 years they are some of the leaders and innovators in that industry and i'm very inspired by both of them they live in nashville and missouri and have podcasts about home decor diy things but it's more than that. It's about they have this lifestyle where they both work from home way before the pandemic and they make a living at sharing information. And I love that. So that's one of the ones I like. And another podcast I really enjoy is called Terrible. Thanks for asking. Nora McInerney. She lost her husband from brain cancer. She has remarried. The podcast is about grief, but it's much more than that. They It talks about so many topics, but very deep, very well produced. And I love listening to that podcast, especially when I'm on a long drive. Okay, I love the Goal Digger podcast with Jenna Kutcher. First, I thought it was the Gold gold digger, but no, it's gold. G-O-A-L Digger Podcast. Jenna Kutcher. It's about business and She took a photography business into an online business, and she's got this podcast. She's got all these courses that she teaches. But there's so many great episodes about how to schedule your life so that there is a great work-life balance. Let me just read a couple of the titles. Um, How to Use Your Limitations to Achieve Your Biggest Goals. What Your Website Must Have to Make More Sales, The Beginner Influencer Guide to Pitching, Pricing, and More. So I love business. I love show business, but I love business business. And I learn a lot from her podcast, Jenna Kutcher. And then one of her workers has a side podcast about um, crime stories in Maine. I'm trying to find that right now. But, oh, it's called Dark Down East, New England True Crime. And the host of that, let me try to find... Um, Kylie, her name is, and she is pretty awesome. That's a little spooky. So there's like, it's, it's kind of, it's creepy, but in a good way, like you'll enjoy it. And there's one more. I don't know this woman personally, but Shay Hopkins, she's an Australian performer and she does podcast portraits. It's a little similar to this one. She um, interviews people in show business, but because she's a completely different person, it's a completely different podcast. I feel like she She's started it and stopped it a few times. Um, but she just um, Shay Hopkins was just in the show Diana, the Broadway show. And that show closed because of the pandemic. So I know that she was all set to do this Broadway run and then Life, you know, the show closed and it has not reopened. I know they did record Diana for Netflix. So Shay Hopkins, if you're listening, I would love to interview you for my podcast. Um, maybe I'll give you a little reach out. I'll definitely know I gave you a shout out. So her podcast again, Podcast Portraits, Shay Hopkins. So these are some of my favorite ones. If you have any, why don't you let me know and I will I can read a list. Or you can always send me a DM on Instagram at Day. There's no I in the tip on the Instagram. I'm happy to announce that my friend Doug and I are the proud owners of several sets of costumes. We do shows together in Westchester. We have been using this wonderful woman who had a costume shop up in New Hampshire. She just retired and she liquidated her inventory. We purchased a few sets of costumes and when that information, when I have it all organized and inventoried, I'm going to publish a website with these costumes that are going to be available for rental. We saw this opportunity. I didn't want these costumes to just go out into the world. We wanted to have a few of them because we're going to be producing some shows, but also we knew know that costume rental is a good business. So we're dabbling in that, which also will help with my fascination for clothing, etc, etc. Stay tuned for information on our new costume rental business. Yes. I have my hands in many ventures, but that's how I like it. I don't like to do the same thing day after day. I like to have a varied life. I like to work. I know that some things are really hard work. Being a dancer is really hard work, but I'm used to it and I like it. In today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the business of show business. So we have, let's say, an actor. How do they get work? Acting is basically project-based work. So if you land a television series like Grey's Anatomy or something, you can work for years and years, but for the most part, live theatrical productions have an opening date and a closing date. Some productions like Wicked have been open. Phantom was open before the pandemic for close to 30 years. Sometimes you get into a long-running show, but that doesn't necessarily mean you are in that show for the entire run. I know in England, they receive six-month contracts or one-year contracts, and in the United States, sometimes you're just hired for a short time, and sometimes you're hired for a show that opens, and then you're in the show as long as the show runs, unless you book another show, and then you leave the first show to go into a new show. So looking for work, you have to go to auditions. In my episode with Amy, she talks about the paper backstage, and I think I talked about it too. That used to be the entryway for anybody who wasn't represented by an agent who was just starting out. You would get the paper. And back when I started, it was an actual newspaper, small newspaper, and it would come out on Thursday nights and you would get it. And then it would tell you what was happening the next week until the next Thursday came out. Sometimes a theater would have you mail your headshot and resume. And sometimes now a theater will have you submit electronically your headshot and your resume. The last few few years i feel things have become much easier because everything is digital the last set of headshots i did i haven't even printed any up yet because i haven't had to hand in a hard copy you can just send people your headshots online if that's all they need and you can have your actors access profile online following guest is jenna lee miller and she has a company called Problems solved by jenna she's a theater and brand coach so she helps artists pursue theater careers and she solves problems 16 bars at a time my friend morgan siegel also works for her btw morgan is a fantastic actress and singer that i hired once for a production up in maine so jenna lee miller problem solved by jenna so welcome to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast, a Yay. podcast where we talk about show business. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and tell them what you do? Yeah. So hello, my name is Jenna Lee Miller.
1: I am a actress myself, uh, a theater and brand coach and a social media manager.
0: That's fantastic. I think you're right on the edge of what's to come in our industry. And tell us how you started this company.
1: Yeah, well, it started really in college when my friends were always like, hey, could you help me find like an audition song. I really like the one you did in class today. Or, oh, oh, could you help me find like a monologue for this upcoming audition? And it just became like, hmm, I could make money doing this. <laughs> you know, it just became like one of those like aha moments. I've been doing it like as a quote unquote, you know, side hustle for a while now, like since college. I really had a launch party last year. May I think it was um in 2019 that really kind of launched it and I was like yeah this is an actual business and so yeah that's kind of really where fantastic where did you go to school um I went to Outerbine University it's right outside Columbus Ohio and I got my BFA musical theater
0: fantastic how was the BFA program there
1: Oh, man, I freaking loved it. Um, I knew I wanted something with like very rigorous training. And Outerbine is a liberal arts college, but it really is a conservatory like training within a liberal arts school. You know, we had dance every every day, 8am, like we had Classes up until five, and then rehearsal. We had dinner, and then rehearsals were till 11, and then rinse and repeat. And for someone who is very type A, lights my schedule, you know, de- 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 de, for me, it was golden. So I loved it. Excellent. And where are you from? Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Easton, Pennsylvania, which is like right on the border of. Um, Pennsylvania and New Jersey so I actually grew up like going to New York you know like once or twice a week so it was it's always been in my blood
0: (laughs) oh yeah Um,
1: yeah and then after so the last semester of my senior year of college you do an internship um, through the school and I interned at Tara Rubin Casting so I moved to New York December of 2017 2016 right before the new year
0: she is one of my favorite casting directors yeah so kind knows everybody and really knows the theater so that how was that experience
1: I it was a good experience in which I learned I don't want to be in casting (laughs) (laughs) um it was really amazing to be behind the table because um we would come and help set up you know callbacks and auditions and they would sometimes let us sit in the room while like auditions were happening which is just like super, it's like invaluable. Like the, it, you learn so much. That's why any chance I get to monitor an audition, I'm always like, yes, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> because you just learn so much. Um, so it was a really good internship for what it was, but I learned casting is not for
0: me. <laughs> it's a very hard job and yeah. I feel like it needs to be recognized in our industry and Uh, I don't think they get paid what they're worth either. So that's another, you know, as we go forward post pandemic, I'm hoping that certain things that need to be overhauled get done. We'll see. But I think what you're doing right now is really cutting edge. So can you tell our listeners what you offer the performing, the performers in New York or around the world? What do you offer?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when quarantine started, I Problem Solve has always been a virtual company. For me, it always has been. Like, if you're in New York, yeah, we can have in-person sessions, but it has always been a virtual company. So when the pandemic hit, for me, it wasn't a huge transition. Um, what Problem solved offers is, first and foremost, like, one of the core values of problem solved is artists supporting artists. So like, I'm going to be your number one hype woman. Like, I'm going to be there for you cheering you on. Like, if you're working on a project, I want to hear about it. How can I amplify it? That has always been a core mission of problem solved. But In terms of logistics, the most popular packages that people get are audition book revamps where we find you new audition material for your audition book and rep books, Um, the same thing with monologues, and then the branding we do for artists specifically on social media because... I mean, especially now, it's more than ever, it is so important to have a brand, a recognizable brand online that, because everyone is online right now, you know, everyone, everyone is on their phone. It's, it's just so important right now. And, you know, I always say Google does not forget, you know, once it's online, it is online. So you want to make sure. It's true. So when you put something online, you want to make sure that you're proud of it. It fits within your brand. So yeah, that's kind of the main things we offer. We also do e-courses and e-books and templates and, you
0: know, I could go on and on. (laughs) So let's talk about branding because I think a lot of young performers, they're discovering who they are. Yeah. Is uh, developing a brand, that's something that you help people do? So is it based on who they are as an actor or basically them as a person or a combination Mm -hmm. of both?
1: Yeah, I always say, you know, come as you are because... You as a human, like Jenna, when she was in college, you know, at 20 years old is very different than the Jenna four years post college, the 26 year old that she is now. Um, and those brands were different, you know, and there's no reason why your brand can't shift as you grow. But the biggest thing is to show up. There's, you can't start. You can't grow if you don't start, you know, (laughs) but to answer your question, I think there's a really big difference that people don't understand that brand and type are two different things. You know, type is what other people view you as and brand is what you want other people to view you as and you get to say you have a hand in putting those seeds in other people's mind and that is your brand, your online persona. And that is different. That could be different than your type. So I think it is, it's a little bit of both. I think you need to include your type in your brand, but your brand isn't your type,
0: if that makes sense. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. So if I were to come to you and say, okay, let's work together. What are some of the things that we could do as a team? It sounds almost like you're a manager in a way. Is that <laughs>
1: true? Yeah, I think I, what I really want to do is teach the steps. What I try not to do is like be like, this is what you should do blah, 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 because that's not sustainable. You know, say you do all those things and then three months later, things shift, you change, you grow. And then you're like, oh, poop, I don't know how to do these things. You know, what I want to do is teach you how to implement these things. So your brand and you can grow simultaneously. So if we were to book a session together, you know, we would talk about, how you want to be viewed online and i do a lot of we do a lot of work of like giving me adjectives and then what i do is kind of give you a base so you know the logistical stuff uh, brand colors fonts um, thinking about a logo things like that your instagram bio is really important so things like that and then we talk about how to implement those things over time you know focusing on you know, the the six tiers, the pillars of what you want to talk about on your social media and staying consistent. How do we stay consistent? Who are we talking to? What is your goal? Things like that. Because most people are showing up, but they don't know how to do it purposefully, which is the big difference of having like this wishy washy I think I have a brand between you know when you come on my Instagram it's like I'm an actress I'm a social media manager I love yellow I love Broadway like I like to make cocktails it kind of just slaps you in the face you know which is what you want you want a recognizable
0: brand I love that and I also love the photos you recently took with KL. Yes. Kristen yes, and I, Lichtenberg. Yes, we just She's did a amazing. Session.
1: I saw your photos look gorgeous. Yeah.
0: She's a so fantastic good. person. Yeah. I want her to come on this podcast too, because she's such a great photographer and she's starting her business. Yes. So I support everyone who's coming up in this industry because I believe that it's time to become more supportive overall. Everybody can help each other out and then we all win. We help each other with our successes and it's fantastic. But I just thought of a good idea for your business. There's a lot of older performers who we, when I was touring and Mm -hmm. when I was doing the majority of my work, we didn't have this platform. Social media was not a thing, which in a way it was good because there are things like crazy party pictures or whatever never made it online because we (laughs) didn't have that. Yeah. So um, I think that there's a market you can tap and I'm reaching out. I'm putting this out there on the podcast today. If you don't know how to work social media, here's your girl. Jenna can help you figure it out. Once you get it, it's not that hard, right? Right. Yep. It's it's really is like
1: learning how to ride a bike, you know, it's Instagram will always be coming out with new, 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 but the basic stuff will always stay the same, you know, that will always be. So yeah, if, if you are at a point where you're like, where do I even begin? We can totally cover that because in terms of, you know, having a brand online, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be flashy and, you know, it can be very simple and attainable
0: for anyone to do. So how do you balance this business with your own career as a performer? And do you find that it helps you or are you running around like crazy without any time (laughs) for yourself? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, um, you know, pre COVID, um, I found it as an outlet that really fueled um, my creative side. So for me, it was really, it was, it didn't feel like work. You know, it felt like I was just helping some friends out, which is really what I want it to feel like. I, you know, when COVID hit, it really gave me the time to devote into my business, which if, you know, anything comes of this time, it really was a gift that I was given that I could really jump full force into my business. And I never thought it would grow to what it is today in a matter of what we have been in quarantine nine months, you know, which is crazy. It's freaking crazy. So I'm actually quite thankful that I had the time to do it. You know, post-COVID, um, you know, running a social media business and then my own business, um, I'm not quite sure how it's going to look um, when we throw in a full-fledged audition season and contracts, but I will say, you know, my current client roster and with Problem Solved, I think I could um, do it, but to be determined. <laughs>
0: I think you can. If anybody (laughs) can, I think you can do it. So what is Morgan's role in your business? I'm just curious because I love her so much. I hired her for a season up in Maine and she was absolutely fantastic. Triple threat performer, but not just triple threat, like worked so hard. She's
1: such a hard worker.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So what does she do for you?
1: Yeah. So funny story, you know, It was back in, oh my gosh, it was during quarantine, it was during the summer, and I got a DM from a person I wasn't even following. It was Morgan being like, I've had some family things happen, you know, her mother passed away and she's like, I'm really looking just to connect with my art and be a part of something bigger. And she just sent me this blind DM. And I was, as someone who, I have also lost um, my father when I was in college, as someone, who was very similarly going through a situation like that. My heart just like reached out to her and I just was like, you know what? Like, let's do it. So she originally started as an intern, just kind of helping out with social media, just kind of like odds and ends kind of things, you know, and more of the back end. And then it kind of grew into now she does weekly newsletters. She has her own column on the website um, We just launched our first ebook together about writing captions and, you know, it's kind of the start of her, you know, she's the first problem solved employee, which is freaking crazy. You know, as, you know, an entrepreneur, I can be like, yeah, I have an employee.
0: Excellent.
1: (laughs) I'm so blessed because she really, it's amazing. After I hired her, I was like, we were on a, we have a meeting every week and I said, you know, Morgan. I just don't remember how I did all this without you. And now it's like, I can't imagine doing my business without her. She's
0: such a pivotal role now. I'm so glad because if you were going to hire somebody, I'm glad you hired her because she's terrific. She's amazing. Well, how, how do people find you if they're interested in learning more? seeing what you have to offer their career, how do they find you? I always say this a million times, but my DMs
1: are always open. Send me that cold DM like Morgan did that one fine day. You know, send me a message. You can follow me for the Problem Solved account at, at Problem Solved by Jenna. And then my personal page is at Jenna Lee Miller. And then you can find us on Pinterest, on our website, and Facebook at, at Problem Solved by Jenna. And then um, my website, if you're interested in social media, is com. Fantastic. All the links.
0: <laughs> I know. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on. You and I can chat after we finish, but I just want to say thank you for your time. You're amazing. I Aww, wish you. you a fantastic 2021. Oh, can you, you too. It? You Woo. too. We made it. We made it and <laughs> Oh my gosh, we made gonna it. It's going to thrive. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Thank you. Bye. Hey everybody. I hope you enjoyed that section with Jenna Lee Miller Problem Solved by Jenna. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her website Problem Solved by Jenna. You can have a chat with her about what you might need to get your career going, to get your branding, to get your marketing materials. I find all of this very fun, and I find it fun because we can use our creative energy to put ourselves out there. We need to be, as Audrey Moore says in her podcast, which I totally forgot to mention, and this is the podcast that started it all for me, Audrey Helps Actors. Audrey Moore says, you need to extrovert your talent. Nobody knows you're around unless you put yourself out there. Go out there when this world opens up and it's starting to open up. Perform at benefits. Make yourself known. Go to as many auditions as you can. Try to make cabaret shows. Do outdoor productions this summer. I hope you're making some plans for a wonderful spring and a fantastic summer. Everyone, I will see you next week. Next week, everyone, we have the amazing Kathy Ranking casting director turned theatrical coach, teacher. She is one amazing woman, and I am so excited to share next week's episode with you. I love her. You're going to love her too. I'll see you next week. If you have any questions, just send me an email day at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, Showgirl Tip of Day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode.